Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is M, and I want to talk about books. And cats. <laughs> So it's confession time, book lovers. I just bought more books. Again. My to-read shelf is fully stuffed. Again. (laughs) I kind of love it, though. All of those possibilities. So many choices. Sometimes it kind of makes me sad that I will never be able to read everything that's written. That's kind of nutty, I know. Plus, I guess I've read some really bad books before, and I have to assume, especially now, that the percentage of bad books in existence is much higher than the percentage of good ones. Um, So maybe I take that back. But I do think it's a bummer that I will not have enough time in my life to read all of the books that I would want to read and that I would enjoy. Oh, well. It makes me happy that there are so many good options out there. I just keep finding good ones. <laughs> Someone who keeps cranking out good books is Riley Sager. I'm talking about his newest one today, which came out in June of this year. Um, If you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I love his books. Um, I went through a bit of a reading binge of Riley Sager books. I had no idea that this one existed until a book reviewer friend of mine on Instagram posted a picture of it and I ordered it immediately. So sometimes books get sold through Amazon, but they're through like a third party, yet they still have prime shipping. And I wasn't paying attention. And I think I got one of those copies because when I got it, there were these greasy, but also somehow sticky, like smeared fingerprints all over the dust jacket. It was kind of gross. I took pictures of the book for, you know, Instagram purposes. You could not see the fingerprints in the pictures, luckily. And then I just tossed the dust jacket. I don't really care what my books look like. Um, I'm not that picky. I just really like a good story, and I knew this one was going to definitely be a good one. So, as I said, I was so excited when I found out that Riley Sager had a new book out. It is called Survive the Night. I just love a good thriller, and I really love his writing style in particular, And he has this ability to add these great twists to the endings. So needless to say, I had very high expectations for this one. So this one was good, but it wasn't quite what I was hoping for. The plot was interesting, and the main character's special quirk did keep things very vague and confusing. But I did guess several key moments of the ending, like, very early on. Maybe I read too many thrillers and I'm always just looking for the twist. But this one seemed like it was a little heavy-handed on the clues. It was still a really good read, and I wasn't 100% sure that I had guessed correctly until the end. 
I would still definitely recommend it. And there were parts that I was not expecting. It was definitely still interesting. Let's talk about the basics. The main character is Charlie, a female college student who has seen quite a bit of sorrow in her young life. Her parents died in a car accident, and she was raised by her grandmother. And this is when her odd quirk begins. To quell the pain of their loss, she and her Nana Norma delve into the world of movies. They trade their horrible reality for the magic of film. Charlie begins creating movies in her mind whenever life gets too difficult. She'll vanish into an imagined scenario that seems absolutely real until it suddenly fades away, leaving her to face reality again. Charlie made it to college and became immediately close with her roommate Maddie. They're both quirky and unique, and they bond over their love of old movies. Maddie is gregarious, and she really helps force Charlie out of her shell. But then Maddie becomes the newest victim of the college killer, a serial killer that has struck the campus three times over the last five or six years. After this, Charlie plummets into the depths of depression and grief. Maddie's bereft family accuses her of causing Maddie's death, because she went home early that night and left Maddie at the bar. Charlie cuts herself off from everyone except her boyfriend, Robbie, and their relationship is on its way to the grave as well. Charlie has decided she needs to leave campus immediately. She doesn't even want to wait until the weekend when Robbie would be able to drive her. Charlie hasn't driven a car herself since her parents died, so she needs to find a ride. At the ride board, she encounters Josh, a handsome grad student who is heading in the same direction and might be able to leave soon. Charlie puts aside all of her fears and anxieties because she needs to get out of there now. Josh seems like a nice guy, and Charlie is mostly comfortable, though she is still haunted by Maddie's horrific death. So the rest of this book is a wild ride and a really entertaining story. If I had not read some of his other work, I probably would have honestly enjoyed this more, but I was comparing it to the ones I'd already read. Still, I did devour this book. It was good. And while some of the twists were a little bit obvious, there were some surprises, like I said. I enjoyed the way that Sager ended this book, too. He does endings so well, and this one was an interesting one. I liked it. I still highly recommend Survive the Night by Riley Sager. It's a really good read. Now I'm going to take a quick break, and then it is cat quotes and a new chapter of my weekly writing project, Heart of the Storm. Be right back. Hey, book lovers. So reading is one thing that really brings my life peace. That's a given. Another thing I adore that brings peace to my life is being out in nature. If you've listened to any of my stories, that's probably pretty obvious. I'm obsessed with nature, and now I can officially call myself a nature head. I'm working with Nature Head Company, a fun line of clothing that celebrates nature, adventure, and exploration. My favorite is a gorgeous, like, dandelion yellow sweatshirt that says, Nature is dope. Because it is. So, if you're interested in being a nature head, check out the link in the show description, and you can help support the podcast, too. Then if you use my code FRAPP, that's F-R-A-P-P, you can also get 15% off your order. 
They have great bundles as well. You can get three t-shirts, two shirts and a sweatshirt or two sweatshirts for a discounted amount. And that's before using the code. They also have sticker bundles, which are fun. A percentage of each order is donated to help the planet, and they have a bunch of fun styles and colors. Wear your love of nature proudly. Check out the Nature Head Co. The link is in the show notes and code FRAP for 15% off. Check it out and then wear it out. Welcome back, book lovers. So my cats have been pretty mellow this week. Weird has this new thing where he will announce himself when he enters a room. He makes this like rah sound. I thought it was really cute and hilarious until he did it in my face at two in the morning. That's a little less cute, though honestly, I still really love it. It's so funny, especially when it's paired with his fluffy tail and his fur pants. I love my crazy kitty. In other cat-related news, the song Kitty Girl by RuPaul has been stuck in my head for weeks now, and it has also made it onto my running playlist. Why do I love this song so much? It's the version that has the contestants' lyrics, and it is so freaking catchy. I just love it, but I can't get it out of my head. (laughs) Anyway, this week I decided to go with some quotes about cats, and I've got a couple of good ones. The first one is from Ursula Andress, who is an actress in Dr. No. And she said, I take care of my flowers and my cats and enjoy food, and that's living. Now, I just love this quote. I have been thinking a lot lately about life and the perception of success, and I have come to realize that it's just everyday moments linked together for a lifetime, and that enjoying our time here is most important. I am so grateful for this podcast because it has given me work that I truly enjoy, and it makes my days happier. My work doesn't drain me anymore. It uplifts me. I take care of my family and my dog and cats, and I definitely enjoy food. I'm not a foodie. Um, My palate is fairly limited, but there are certain things I enjoy immensely. I don't know. I just think it's important to focus on those moments of pure enjoyment or nurturing and connection, because at the end of things, that's really what life is about. Anyway, my second quote is from Leonardo da Vinci who, you know, painted the Mona Lisa. And he said, the smallest feline is a masterpiece. And this is from the master himself, and he's definitely not wrong. I have yet to find a cat that I don't find beautiful in some way. What gorgeous little beings they are. Everything about them from their little toes to their tails is just absolute perfection. And yes, I went there. Anyway... Now it's time for the newest chapter of my weekly writing project, Heart of the Storm. Every week, I am bringing you a new chapter, unedited and straight from my brain. This week, we're on chapter 31. Enjoy. Gemma walked numbly through the trees. She had passed the line of strange glowing trees, and the ones she now passed were ancient and humbling. She felt lighter. The air was fresh and smelled like the lush green moss that covered the boulders she passed. She took a deep breath and felt her head clear. When she exhaled, a dark mist came out of her mouth. Gemma shrieked and backed away. The cloud hovered for a moment, then dissipated into the air. A cool breeze swept through the tree trunks, carrying away the remaining residue 
and lifting Gemma's hair around her face. She sighed and bent over, putting her hands on her knees. Her head was spinning. She felt light, as if she would float away as well. She placed a hand on the trunk nearest to her, and she felt the power humming under her fingers. The bark split under her touch, and the trunk cracked open. A pale yellow light spilled from the opening. Gemma took a step back and pulled her hand away quickly. Nothing happened. She waited longer, but nothing else emerged from the opening in the massive tree. The tree's leaves trembled overhead musically, and Gemma felt a wave of comfort sweep over her. The light was warm and inviting. Cautiously, she moved in for a closer look. It was a staircase. Narrow stairs descended into the glowing light. Gemma swallowed hard. She took a step back, but the light was drawing her in. That worried her. She knew better than to trust a good feeling. Still, there were no other warning bells. Gemma was curious. She crept closer and put her hand into the opening. The light was warm and inviting. Nothing seemed sinister. She stepped cautiously inside. The burning itch of her tattoos was immediately soothed. She sighed with immense relief and burst into tears. It was a short outburst, and she composed herself quickly. Her mind was now made up. She descended the stairs slowly, taking care on the thin, warped steps. The staircase curved as it descended. The walls were smooth and unadorned. Gemma ran her fingertips over the wood, and she felt the same jolt of power, but now the light around her hummed as well. Her pulse quickened. Fear and excitement danced inside her, and she had never felt so alive. It took all her will to pull her fingers away from the wood. When they released with a soft pop, the light around her returned to normal. Gemma, however, felt wholly changed. Something inside her was awake, something she had long kept dormant and hidden. Lottie had shown her how. But now it was time. Martina flew for just a moment, and that moment was everything. She knew she was done. As her body picked up speed and the wind whistled past her, she found peace with her fate. Honestly, she had expected much worse. This seemed like a gift. Just let the trees take her. But as she approached the treetops, she slowed. The air felt thicker, and she could feel her speed dropping the closer she got. She was still going pretty fast when she hit. The leaves slapped her face as she plunged into the boughs of a massive tree. Somehow she missed the bigger branches, and she was still relatively intact when her body found the trunk. The collision took the wind out of her, and she slid limply down the trunk. The bark scraped the skin of her face and limbs, but again, she missed the big branches and came to rest at the base of the tree amidst a tangle of exposed roots. Martina laid there motionless, trying to assess the damage to her body while she gasped for breath. The branches swayed overhead and the leaves trembled. As the air returned to her lungs, she noticed how fresh it was. Her many days of blindly trekking through the mist had also settled a heaviness in her bones that she could not shake until now. She felt lighter and clean somehow, though she was scraped and bleeding all over. 
After a little longer, she sat up and gingerly tried moving her limbs. It stung, but she was unbroken. Her sword was still tied at her belt, and most importantly, she still had the book. She removed the backpack and opened it just to make sure. It was there, as was everything else, and nothing looked broken. She'd been very lucky, which made her nervous. The occasional bout of luck had never brought Martina anything but misery. Her childhood had been far from a privileged one, and she knew that anything seemingly too good to be true usually was. Martina didn't know who saved her, but she had a feeling it would be more for their benefit than hers. Still, she did appreciate that she was alive and mostly unharmed. She climbed out of the roots and stretched her aching body. She stepped back and examined the enormous tree that had somehow saved her. Martina circled the thick trunk and spotted the pale light and the opening to the staircase. She stepped inside without hesitation. Whatever had brought her here was down there, and she was ready. She had nothing left to lose. As soon as she stepped into the light, she felt better. Her wounds were healed, and the pain miraculously went away. Martina admired her smooth skin and flexed her fingers. She touched the handle of her sword for reassurance. And she started down the stairs. The stairs ended abruptly in a round room deep under the earth. Half a dozen round doorways leading to their own staircases lined the walls. The source of the soothing light was in the center of the room. It was a massive mirror framed in golden light. It brightened as Martina approached. Her own brilliant reflection was stunning, and she was so startled that she didn't immediately see the other girl. Her face was glowing brightly as well, and she wore the same confused expression as Martina. She reached a tentative hand toward the mirror, and when she touched the glass, it exploded. Both girls stood in the room staring at each other through the now-empty glowing frame. Martina slowly raised her hand in a weird, awkward wave, that she immediately regretted. Um, hey, I'm Martina. Gemma was startled to hear the name. The girl frowned at her silent shock. Sorry, she stammered. It's just, I've heard your name before. But you can't be the same Martina, sorry. Her cheeks were flushed with embarrassment. I've never met another one, Martina said haughtily. Tell me what you've heard, and from who. Gemma hesitated. It can't possibly be about you. Martina narrowed her eyes. Why not? Because that Martina is most likely dead. But you're not sure. Gemma rolled her eyes. Fine. The woman I studied under told me about a child. Her name was Martina. This woman had given birth to twins, a boy and a girl. She put them down for a nap one day, and when she woke, the baby girl was gone. She was told later that her sibling had discovered the child unresponsive when they came to visit. They rushed the child to the local healer, but it was too late. Martina stared at Gemma. Her eyes were wet. The woman you studied with, Martina said finally. Her name is Lottie. Gemma was not surprised. Even with the likelihood of the child's death, she felt with her entire soul that this was the same girl. Her cousin. Lottie's blood. Another child of death. So it is you, 
she said simply. She stepped through the mirror and embraced her. Martina stiffened at her touch, but then she melted into Gemma's embrace. It had been so long since someone had hugged her. It had been so long since someone had hugged her. And that is the end of Chapter 31, Book Lovers. I hope you're still enjoying Heart of the Storm. Make sure to check out Naturehead Company. I am very excited about their products. Also, if you missed out on any of the episodes of Storytime with M that had feelers, the feelers audiobook is now available. The link is also in the show notes. It's $2.99 for a limited time. So get it while you can. <laughs> and of course, if you need more books and cats stuff, check out booksandcatspod.com. I hope you have a lovely week, book lovers. Thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, keep reading.